Drums, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 44 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Summers, and joining me in studio this week as my co-host... We're slow this week. We, yeah, we, we're slow. We're, we're, we're not rolling very deep this week. Right, but football is back on Sunday night at midnight for some teams. That's right. So actual football MHSA approved practices. So we're looking pretty good. But that is 7 and 4's Harrison Beebe joining in. James Cook is on vacation. Jake Atnip is enjoying a weekend early, and uh, so it's my dad's busy. He couldn't <laughs> help out. So it's just the two of us holding down the fort, and uh, we we thank you for tuning in. Uh, especially last week, took the week off. So this is our first episode back since episode forty three, which was our baseball and softball. It was a long one. Dream teams. It was a long one, but you know, based on. Based on the numbers, it seems like you guys cared about that and wanted to hear who was on the Dream Team ahead of our print release. Now, on those Dream Team shows, our rundown here is only two pages. How how long, how big is your stack for the Dream Teams? Or when you did the drafts and stuff? I, I just kind of want to know what's in front of you. Well, it actually, it wasn't, I think, I think each team was about three pages long. Oh, okay. This is only two because, as we'll get to later, our... I think it's our final installment of the retroactive Get Around Hall of Fame from the spring sports season. Uh, I've got a little bit of information here on each athlete that's going to get in for that. So, th- so this is this is a longer than average rundown or budget, depending which media industry you're coming from. You know, for your standard show. But before we get into the Hall of Fame, we will go over our Players of the Year, which were just announced this past weekend. We'll talk a little bit about those two individuals. Uh, we'll, as Harrison mentioned, we have fall sports. They're here, not right now, but very soon. It's tangible. Hopefully those kids' uh, physicals are in because yeah, they start next week. Yeah, those those teams, those football teams in particular. I think maybe there are some volleyball teams who do the midnight thing. Although I think their start date is two days later. I think football is the only one that starts on August sixth. I think all the other sports start August eighth. Okay. But in any case, fall sports are here. We're very excited about it. The lull of the summer is about to end. I was gonna say it's a good news, bad news situation. We love being busy in our departments, but as I was mentioning to you before we started recording, it it's just kind of feels in a way like summer ends a month earlier for us, which is a little strange mentally, but it's worth it. Harrison will get over the hurdle. I will. After I'm at my fourteenth camp. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, it's probably gonna be a little weird because I'm gonna get start, yeah, you're gonna started disappear. and then basically. I mean, who knows? It's a guessing game at this point. But basically, once games start being played, I'll be going on hiatus. You for sound a so while. exhausted right now. I would have guessed your your wife already had your second child. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I uh, I'm looking forward to the baby being here. And uh, you got the name yet? I think it was you who asked me before. The list is narrowed further than last time. I we thought spoke. you were when it's boy or girl, you're gonna name it the player of the year. You were gonna go after that. As impressive as our players of the year were, I wasn't going to take their name. Did you hear uh, Chipper Jones when he went into the baseball hall? I did, and I actually I, I liked that. Yeah, well, but the thing was, is his son was also born on the day he was inducted. 
So, oh, so we already did. Okay, I thought the kid was still coming. No, right. no, the baby was born yesterday, hours before the induction. So yes, they named their son Cooper. Oh, okay, course, it just happened then. Yes, right. of course, for Cooperstown. Oh, Man, word. that would have made a great trifecta category. Oh well, maybe next week. <laughs> hey, we can always change gears and uh, <laughs> and and toss that one up there. We've got Traverse City Central quarterback Tobin Schwanicky joining the show. He sat down with me one on one for a pre-recorded interview. Uh, we'll look, give a listen to that. Uh, we will get into that final installment of the retroactive Get Around Hall of Fame, and then uh, the trifecta. Uh, the topic that I kind of wanted to talk about today is just, uh, you know, athletes who have had a, a tangible impact upon society as a whole uh, because today uh, LeBron James opened his I Promise school in Ohio, and uh, that's a pretty cool thing and something that I think maybe uh, speaks to his legacy even greater than what he does on the basketball court. <laughs> he's leaving, floor. but he's got a school there. So, a- I think Akron will always be home for him regardless of where he resides for his current NBA team. But uh, that's the show for today. So let's check the heartbeat of the sports world with the pulse. And our players of the year announced this weekend, uh, Saturday, our female athlete of the year, Kalkaska's Mackenzie Wilkinson, and our male athlete of the year, which was announced Sunday, Glen Lake's Cade Peterson, took home the honors. They both had phenomenal senior years. And, of course, this award is not a senior award. Uh, you can be a junior or underclassman if your season is stellar enough. But in this case, these two players had phenomenal senior seasons, both going on to play at the college level. And uh, I don't know, Harrison, you're a little bit on the outside here of the decision-making. But uh, I've seen all of these guys. You, you in have. All of your candidates I've seen you have. probably in person maybe even more so than you guys have. So your initial reaction to Wilkinson and Peterson as our choices? Both seem to be pretty much slam dunks. I mean, there's several worthy candidates on both the boys' and girls' side, but if you watch Cade Peterson do anything in any of the three sports he was competing in, you just had a feeling uh, that he was going to be here at the end of the year. Uh, obviously, he kind of missed out on an award that you and I both thought he should have gotten a couple months ago, but uh, be that as it may, I think the player of the year is uh, probably the cherry on top of a great high school career for him, and he's already locked in on Grand Valley right now, so... That's where his head's at. And, and Mackenzie, I, I mean, basketball and softball, it, it, she was so good at basketball, it's, it's hard to believe she would be better at softball, but I think you can make that argument that she was maybe more effective. She was clearly the leader of the team in basketball, but uh, pitching and batting, she was a phenom in, in softball too. So I, I think those two outstanding leadership roles on two very successful teams uh, garner her that spot for sure. Yeah, Wilkinson was featured back-to-back Saturdays in the Record Eagle. You can check out those editions. The two Saturdays ago, she was honored as our softball player of the year. And then, of course, as we just said, the pl- female player of the year. It certainly was not redundant, I think, to look at the success that she had in the spring season and then follow it up with a, a total view of her senior year. I think it encapsulated both well, giving you know anyone who maybe didn't see her play softball this spring, you know, kind of an idea of her talent level there, both in the circle and at the plate. And then, obviously, James Cook's uh, story, uh, the female athlete of the year, sort of an all-encompassing look at everything that she's accomplished, not even just this year as a senior, but in her career as a whole. You know, I think uh, looking at Wilkinson, you can kind of you can kind of see. You can. <laughs> 
Got an outsider appearing in on what he wishes was the third chair in this in this party right now. Yes, Brendan Queeley was supposed to join us for this podcast, but uh, some other news, education related to his beat, uh, came up. So we were forced to banish him back to his desk. Which, which we actually requested for him to join us for this <laughs> specific segment and then leave, but he turned us down on that. Uh, so take that for what you will. He did, but uh, yeah, he was just peeking in the window here to the podcast studio, uh, and we laughed. And he's kind of like that. Little, told him to go away. He's kind of like that kid in elementary, junior high, who knows they have a big project due like Monday morning and Sunday night. They're sitting there and they gotta kind of do it all over again. That's Brendan right now. That's exactly like Brendan. Like, yeah. Do I go to sleep? Do I procrastinate on this? What do I do? So. I have no doubt that he'll accomplish what he needs to over there. Uh, it would have been nice to have him, but I understand that he has other responsibilities as he's no longer in the sports department. Uh, but as I was saying, as far as the player of the year for Wilkinson, this was sort of an award that you weren't necessarily banking on entering this year, but the body of work even that she's put together through her first three years of high school spoke to her potential for earning this award and, uh, you know, she was a candidate for this award last year, didn't get it. Uh, she was the basketball player of the year last year. She was the softball player of the year this year. So flip-flopping a little bit. But uh, when you can't shy away the fact that she's doing this with two sports, whereas Cade's got three. So that was kind of what made Cade the, the signature face of this, this award, I'm assuming, for you guys, was his impressive, his dominance in all three sports. Yeah, the, the only other player to make our dream team or a dream team all three sports Hayes seasons was Ryan Hayes. Okay. Uh, Griffin Kelly was certainly another candidate uh, who would have been well-deserving and certainly uh, certainly deserving to be mentioned with Hayes, with Peterson. Uh, but Kelly was not a dream team selection in basketballs. There's only five of those. But Ryan Hayes and Peterson both were dream team selections for football, basketball, and baseball this year. Uh, but we just, as a staff, we felt like the performance, the performances that Cade had, game in, game out, regardless of where he was playing, really merited this and, and pushed him to the top of the list. And those around the state that saw him agreed, you know, not only was he dream team all three seasons for us, he was first team all state in all three sports, which is kind of mind-blowing. And actually when I sat down with him uh, at his home uh, a week or two ago, to discuss this, uh, he even said that had you told him a couple years ago that he was ever going to be a first-team All-State baseball player, he would have told you you were crazy. And so, I mean, it's kind of – everybody's seen his athleticism the last two years at Glen Lake. Of course, he transferred from Lake City before his junior year. Uh, everybody's seen that athleticism, but for him to sort of be like, yeah, I've improved a ton, at least in this one particular area – uh, you know, the growth that he's had is pretty impressive. It was fitting the one Glen Lake baseball game I caught this past spring. He, he homered, so <laughs> gave me the trifecta of a home run, a, a touchdown pass, and a, a dunk from him this past year alone. So, Yeah, he, I mean, he, he certainly did it all, and, you know, I spoke to his coaches uh, in each sport, and, you know, it was effusive praise from all of them, certainly, and you know, kind of like you said, Harrison, about Wilkinson, you know, hard to believe that you could sort of compare whether she's better at softball or basketball. I'm not necessarily going to say Peterson's better at baseball, but the numbers he put up this year at Glen Lake were ridiculous. He hit over 500 and set school records for 
average with runners in scoring position. And that's interesting to note because anybody who kind of casually knows him throughout reading or catching games would say his top two are easily basketball and football. So That'll bring us to our bulletin board. We just have a few brief items on this list. Of course, we said fall sports, yay! With an exclamation point. You know, except for the part that Harrison thinks his summer's ending... Well, no, once the fall sports begin, like, I'm okay with it once we get to football games. Okay. As just, and for any football players who listen to this and see me coming to practice in a few weeks, this is no offense on you. It would just, when you cover a practice, 14, 15, I, actually, I could do close to 20 here in the next two and a half weeks. They start to blend in, and I have to try and separate them. And you do the same thing. But you have the ability to do it with a lot more words, a lot more introspection. True. I kind of more have time. To, I have to sum up a uh, preview season for each team in one minute, and uh, sometimes that can be challenging. But you know what? We'll, we'll like we said, we'll take busy work over the July being the slowest sports month of the year up here. A couple of things that did happen uh, since our last podcast: uh, Sutton's Bay hired a new football coach, uh, Dan Durkin, who was the coach last year, his first year, uh, and also the first year that Sutton's Bay played eight man. He stepped down sort of surprisingly. He ended up uh, getting a coaching job at his alma mater, which he wasn't expecting to happen so soon. Uh, He had been a teacher, I think, at Lake Leelanau St. Mary and obviously coached the Norsemen to the playoffs last year. Playoff Uh, win as well. uh, Yeah, playoff win, that's right. Uh, Just a year after they had uh, their final year in 11-player football canceled. Forfeited, yeah. But so Suttons Bay was sent into a bit of a scramble to find their new head coach, and they have decided to bring on Garrick Opie, who is familiar to the area, he's familiar to the players, he's been a strength and conditioning coach within the program. He spent a lot of time around Suttons Bay football, I think 10 years. You know, when uh, Jake Atnip, who did the story, he talked with Suttons Bay Athletic Director Doug Perriard, and you know they, the administration and, and Doug just kind of decided that with what worked for Sutton's Bay last year, you know, they didn't want to change a whole lot. So they felt if they could find somebody in-house who uh, could continue that same work, that was kind of who they wanted to go with. And uh, Opie ended up stepping up, stepping into that position, and that's who the Norsemen went, went with. You, you kind of have to think that, you know, if things go well for him, he might be coach there for a while he's I'm the f- sure they want that to yeah happen. he's he's the fourth head coach in the last five years uh for Sutton's Bay but he's got a son Bryce who is on the high school football or the varsity football team right now and then uh two other sons Braden and Grayson uh, who are coming up his wife attended Sutton's Bay so there's a lot of ties there to the community so if he's successful and he he enjoys it this is his first head coaching gig uh, but he, Garrick Opie might be a name that in time becomes well associated with Sutton's Bay football. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, being an eight-man uh, did wonders for that program, uh, and you got to think they're only more excited about the chance, and I'm excited to see how they do now. They'll have to do a little less traveling probably because the old eight-man divisions are now more east and west for that, uh, for that conference, so hopefully a little easier scheduling will help the transition process. The other interesting note, from the past week or so, not that I don't want to get out and watch Kalkaska football because there are some interesting storylines there, of course, with our female athlete of the year. Her dad, Jeremy Wilkinson, has been mm-hmm. the football coach for a lot, for quite a while for the Blazers. He stepped aside after last season, a uh, new coach in place. And with that new coach and possibly new philosophies, uh, there's also going to be 
a new video board installed at the Kalkaska Football Stadium. $150,000 video board, apparently the first of its kind in the state of Michigan. And so, yes, I want to see how that Blazers team is shaking up, but I want to see that. I want, video. See I, want to, I want to see the scoreboard. I want to hear what noises it makes. Well, yeah, uh, AD Justin Thorrington hyped it up pretty big for me a couple months ago and said, hey, can we do a story on this? And I'm like, yeah, let me know when we get close to the season. You know, we'll make sure. And that's actually, conveniently enough, this week he will be in the Thursday Jimmy John Sports Corner on 7 and 4 News. But uh, until then, he was he was telling me about it, and he, he just basically said, you know, hey, I want our kids at our school to know that even even though we're a smaller school, uh, although they are Class B, so they're not that small. But uh, even though we're kind of smaller, maybe compared to the Traverse City schools, a small town school, small we'll put town, it that yeah. Way. But maybe compared to the Traverse City schools and some of the other Class Bs they face off with in the tournaments, you know, they they can get get just as shiny and nice of uh, toys and equipment to use and and to commemorate their team and and keep the group going and get fans excited. So that was kind of the basis behind this and. Uh, Thorrington's doing a lot to really uh, motivate the guys, just put that new baseball field in uh, uh, on their athletic complex and now adding to this. So uh, they're really, you know, Kalkaska's investing a lot in athletics right now, and so I'm sure they're excited to see what it looks like first game. Well, by the sounds of it, the only thing this scoreboard doesn't do is, you know, push out concessions. It doesn't roast the hot dogs. But it could. It does, yeah, it doesn't roast the hot dogs. It doesn't dispense the soda. But uh, volunteers will do it that. It might though. cook the popcorn. That's pretty easy. Yeah, I think we can do that. But that might be interesting because James Cook has his high school popcorn rankings, and I think Kalkaska is near the top. He loves, they have their he caramel, loves the caramel corn. corn. Loves yes, the caramel he corn. always gets So that. that scoreboard can make caramel corn. James is going to be there every Friday. Every Friday. You heard that, Kalkaska. You want coverage every Friday? You got to make that scoreboard make caramel corn. That's all you got to do. One other area improvement. Uh, Gaylord football had a turf field installed, joining a growing number of area teams to install turf field. Of course, Thurlby's been turf for quite some time. Glen Lake had turf put in last year. Now Gaylord. Petoskey had oh, it yes, two years Petoskey ago. Petoskey, when they had their brand new Northman Stadium mm -hmm. built. Uh, so, so that means four of the big North Conference, four of the six big North Conference teams now have turf field. I mean, it, it makes total sense. The upkeep is far less. Mm -hmm. It lasts a long time. It's... They can play soccer on it. That's right. And you don't have to worry about painting lines. You don't you know, all the upkeep and everything that goes into maintaining a facility like that year after year is diminished tenfold. And what's big for Gaylord too is uh, the right there in the middle of I seventy five as you head up north and these turf fields are always picked to host the semifinals for football and the, the big time soccer games. So that's gonna put them in line if there's a UP team and a downstate team. Kind of looking for a neutral site to play a game, and it might need make it a little easier for the UP. That'll be a great calling card for them and a great chance for people in Northern Michigan to check out some state semifinal football if their teams aren't involved. As I said before, we did have a guest drop by the Record Eagle studio today, and uh, Tobin Schwanicke, senior quarterback for Traverse City Central, he's entering his third year as starting quarterback for the Trojans. He sat down with me for a one-on-one -on -one interview. We'll go ahead and listen to that. I'd like to welcome in Traverse City Central quarterback Tobin Schwanicke into the Record Eagle podcast studios. Uh, Tobin, I hope summer's been treating you well. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Very well. Pleasure to be here. So you were just kind of telling me before we got this interview started, you had a bit of a, 
a family reunion this last week or a couple weeks or so. You, your two older brothers, Tanner and TJ, were both out in Washington, D.C. They were back, and so the some shenanigans probably with the with the brothers all reunited yes sir exactly so what i mean what were you guys getting up to while they were home um really just catching up with each other not seeing each other all year long um really you take advantage of don't always realize how how lucky you are to be living in a house when you are all in high school together you're always fighting and things like that but i mean this time that you get together after everyone's gone you really realize how awesome it is to have each other around so just really Spending some time with each other was awesome. Like you said, we spent some time on the basketball court, a little tackle football at the island. Had to get some revenge on the guys for beating up on me all those years. <laughs> so are you are you in the best shape of the three now? Oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> a little bit of a dunk contest. How'd that go? Did you show them up? I mean, they can really only dunk on eight feet, so not much <laughs> of a challenge. Because <but laughs> I've seen the Twitter videos and whatnot. You've... You, you've you're, you're handling the 10-foot rim just fine at this point. Finally, yeah, it's about time. I give a uh, thank you to Coach Clee for that in the weight room because, man, I got a lot of crap. Not being able to dunk until at really the spring of my junior year, being 6'3", uh, <laughs> finally getting a little bit of hops, but I'm not there yet. Awesome. Well, it sounds like the summer has been treating you well, and uh, you've been using it to its fullest. You've, I think you played some AAU this summer too, right? Yes, sir. Uh, that season is wrapped up now. Yep. Before we jump full-fledged into the football talk, how'd that go for you? Very good. Playing with Coach Shuba and the up, a lot of guys from up north for a change. Where I've been playing out of downstate before Detroit area was awesome. Just to be able to know everyone that I'm playing with and obviously play for my high school coach was an awesome experience. So is it difficult to kind of focus on the upcoming football season while you're doing the AAU thing during the summer, or is it... Uh, I mean, is that how you want to spend your summer? How do you how do you balance the two? No, I wouldn't say it's difficult at all, really. I mean, especially going into my senior year last summer of competing athletically at the high school level, I really wanted to just make the most of it. So, so I mean, really having basketball all summer was good was a good pastime leading up to football season, being as anxious as I would be. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. Basketball is great. Now it's a new time of year, and it's going to be very exciting. Like you said, you're going to be a senior. I mean, have you wrapped your mind around that yet? <laughs> no, I, I truly haven't. It's crazy to me. You hear people say it all the time, how quick it goes by, and you kind of brush it off. But, wow, unbelievable. So what are you doing to kind of embrace that and make sure you're at least living in the moment now for the next next year? Yeah, just making the most of every day and trying to not waste any time, athletically anyway, trying to maximize my, poten- my potential while I can. Now, Monday... It- this podcast being recorded on July 30th. Yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, this podcast being recorded on July 30th, it'll come out on the 31st. So less than a week uh, for our Audible viewers tuning in uh, until the first day of football practice. I mean, how long have you been counting down the days for that? Oh, yeah. Um, it's been axing off the days on the calendar now. Very exciting. Really excited about our team and our coaching staff and what we can show out this fall. What's the biggest difference between this group and the previous two that you've played a major role on? It's a tough question. Um, After my sophomore year, I think we lost, I think it was 16 out of 22 total starters. And we, we weren't, not much was expected out of us. And I think we lost a lot last year, obviously, a lot of talent. So it's really just seeing a lot of kids step up is what we needed. 
in these last few months has been very impressive. Some of the, the way that some of these kids are really, really focusing in on being the best that they can be. And I'm really excited about some of the guys we have coming up that honestly not everyone's going to know about, but kids that will make a, make a name for themselves this coming fall. Well, before we get into you, who, who are a couple of those guys? I mean, I know you don't want to leave anybody out, but just one or two that pop to the front of your mind as somebody who's going to surprise some people or make, like you said, make their name known this fall that maybe we haven't, uh, haven't yeah. seen before. Some kids that have really impressed me and I've been proud of, uh, Moswin Kirksey, Josh Glesman, Jason Ochoa, starting left tackle at, last year, who's the only returning starter, is just taking the whole offensive line. Putting them on, putting them on his shoulders, and wow, he's done an outstanding job to this point. So I'm excited to see what they're gonna, how they're gonna perform this fall. I'm sure it'll be at a very high level the way he's been doing his thing. Any player in particular who was a regular contributor last year, who who you feel is poised to have a a breakout year? Sam Schmidt, I would say. He's Sam Schmidt. Trey Searles at the receiver position, even defensively. Um, kids have been just making plays all summer in the seven on seven, and became becoming a whole new athlete compared to what they were last year so I'm very excited to see the way they're going to be playing this fall as well guys that you got to be really good buddies with right exactly yeah now for you this is going to be uh your third season as uh quarterback for the Trojans what's your comfortability level like or how has it grown from year one to year two and now going into year three because I'll be honest last year you looked entirely comfortable right. so how, how do you how do you still gain more comfortability in your third year yeah obviously after my sophomore year um my junior year I was a lot more comfortable than I was then and I think even having another year with the coaching staff and going over what we're going to be doing and repping a whole nother year in the gym winter mornings um I think it's gonna be a whole nother whole nother level of comfortability that I'm really excited about kind of just being able to play my game and not focus so much on the things that I would have had to worry about if it were my first year in the offense it just kind of comes natural to me now which is a thanks to the coaches for just making it easy, making it as easy as possible for me. So I'm really excited about that, just being able to focus in on my performance more so than the mental part of it. Where does that, I mean, I know you guys obviously haven't had pads on yet during the summer, and, and that'll come in the coming weeks, but uh, where do those little improvements uh, help you the most when you're on the field, or where do you think they'll help you the most where, you know, maybe you're a little more react and less read, so to speak. Right. Like I said, so, you know, if there were a big game or a moment where there's a lot on the line, not having to think about, you know, the read I'm going to have to make instead of it just comes natural to me, allows me to play the fastest that I can without having to really take time to think about what I'm doing, just kind of knowing that my decision is the right one. That's something that just comes with being a third-year starter now that I'm really excited. Now, Speaking of third-year quarterbacks, this isn't so much to do with you specifically or, or the Central team, but kind of a rarity, I think, that really between Central West and St. Francis, you've got three quarterbacks who are going to be in their third year uh, playing the position. Do you you know those guys much off the field at all in Danny Passanow and um, Sam DeKuyper? And, uh, I mean, you guys talk, talk at all, help each other learn the position, or are you kind of all separate during the offseason? I wouldn't say we're separate. Um, each of us three are very busy kids. They both play baseball. I actually used to play AAU basketball all through middle school with both Sam and Danny. Um, very good friends with them both, and I'm very excited to see what they're going to be do. obviously playing at a high level in their third year as starters. Um, 
But no, I wouldn't really say we talked to each other, especially Sam. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for obvious reasons, of right, course. About our games, but yeah, rooting each, rooting each other on all year, you know, texting Danny after Friday nights, congratulations and all that. That's an outstanding relationship to have with someone from across town that you don't have to worry about, you know, maybe hitting sometime this fall. So, um, yeah, it's awesome to be able to know those three kids and all kind of working with the same type of thing this fall. So I think we're all hoping for the best for each other and hopefully we're all playing at the highest level possible. For those who don't remember or, you know, maybe weren't around last year, uh, West won the Big North title, but you guys beat them in the playoffs for the second year in a row. I know you wanted to keep that string of Big North championships alive. Has that been a big motivating factor for your central team this offseason and getting back to that conference title? Yes, sir. That, that banner gets pointed out every single morning that we spend in the gym throughout the whole winter and spring. That um, Not having that number there from last season is a very big deal to us and something that is going to need to change if we are going to have a successful season this year. You guys have taken steps each year. Uh, under Coach Sugars, uh, even though you didn't win the conference, uh, you know you won a second playoff game. You played for a regional title. Where is a regional title this year among the goals that you guys have set? To be completely honest, some people might say we're crazy, but I think we would all be cheating ourselves. The way that this whole roster and this coaching staff spent working 12 months out of a year, 365 days, I think we'd be cheating ourselves if our ultimate goal wasn't to play on Ford Field on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, as of right now, obviously we talked about winning the conference. I think that's where our mind's at, and I think that's where it should be coming up to this fall and starting the practice the way we've been working and the way the coaches have been on us. So, yeah, like I said, I just think I think we'd be, all be letting ourselves down if our ultimate goal was to, was, wasn't to was in the state championship. All right, awesome. Big, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good mindset to have. Obviously, you're not going to accomplish a goal if you don't set it. Exactly, so, yes, sir. What... I mean, what have been the biggest takeaways the last couple of years, though, as you guys have made those progressive steps as a program? I just think with the with the culture that our coaching staff has built, and just the just the attitude now around the program since Coach Sugars has taken over is is that of that um, probably not many high school programs compared to, and I don't think we've really been complacent at all with what we've done. Like I said before. The real only there's only one winner in every division every year and we haven't been that yet so so how is that attitude different I mean give can you give me an example of something what the attitude was like you know when coach sugars took over and what it's like now I think he's really been building since day one obviously they went nine and0 they went nine and0 that his first year um, did not win a playoff game in each year since we've won one more playoff game than the previous year. So I think just continuing to build, continuing to build on what as what on what has been started in our program is really the ultimate goal every year. Just get better and better. Is there a noticeable difference, like with the buzz of the football team within the high school? Like not necessarily you guys as a team, but you know how many of your friends who don't play or uh, you know family members or whatever. I mean, is it is there a lot more excitement about the about the season coming up than maybe two or three years ago? I mean, without a doubt, there's you can you can feel the excitement in the building. If you're having a good football season, you can feel it when you're walking through the hallways in school. Um, last year, obviously, we started two and two, so there wasn't there wasn't as much as I think there would be if we were to be off to a four and zero start, which is what we hope to have this year. But yeah, I can all around town. You know, everyone you see is asking about it. 
obviously the way that we have succeeded the last few years has caught some people's attention. So I just we just hope to build on that and continue to hold ourselves to the high standard. We, we've covered a lot of ground with football, but for those who you know don't know you outside of the confines of Thurlby, I mean, what what's Tobin Schwanicky like? Obviously, aside from playing sports, you know, what do you what kind of things are you into? Music or uh, you know what what pursuits you like outside of sports? I actually just a few weeks ago, well, I just had a golf club. I've been working on my golf game a little bit. Um, listen to a lot of John Mayer and Dave Matthews. Those are my pregame guys. Just settle me down, you know. Um, I like to fish. Really, just. Every chance I get to hang out with my family, I take advantage of. And then uh, with my close friends, too, who are all in separate parts of the country now, just taking advantage of the time that I have with them because that's not obviously not going to be there in the years coming. So I think really just kind of a homegrown guy. I don't really like to be out of the state for too long, which is always tough on me. I uh, just love being home, love Traverse City, love the people in it. Now a lot of guys like to listen to some music you know to kind of amp up before a game but you just said you kind of like to chill a little bit what exactly has it always been like that for you why why do you prefer to mellow out a little bit more so than you know listen to something heavier well for one that's just the music I prefer and two I mean I get I think everyone should get emotional enough while they step whether it's a basketball court or the football field so I think settling yourself down as much as you can is an advantage um especially with that type of music, just gets me in my right mind, kind of just feeling loose, ready to go, like I can achieve anything after listening to that. So. All right. Uh, what do you like to fish for? I live on Spider Lake, actually, so there's a lot of pike, uh, bass, bluegill in there. That's always fun. I, I haven't really done too much other than that. I've gone charter fishing a few times, but really just kind of like going on a pontoon boat and chilling out, listening to music or whatever it is. All right, cool. Very cool. Now you said uh, you said Dave Matthews and John Mayer. Do you do you get kind of at all more to a hip hop side or anything like that? Because I one of the we we usually do this section of the interview called the wheelhouse, uh, which uh, my fellow sports writer Jake Atnip usually kind of comes up with for the guests, but he's not here today, and uh, I failed to come up with all five. I only came up with two at the last second. So okay. I was I was kind of going to ask you Post Malone, Drake, or somebody else, but maybe maybe none of those are or that style of music maybe isn't in your in, in oh, your yeah. wheelhouse. I'm well aware of each of them. Obviously, hanging out with friends that's all you're going to hear nowadays. Um, Drake's new album is pretty awesome. I think. For sure. So I prefer Drake over Post Malone. Okay. The other one I had for you, just what is your favorite post-game meal? Hmm. Qdoba. Okay. Yes, sir. Is one Does one burrito cut it? Because, I mean, I the amount that. of energy that you expend out there on a Friday night, I'd imagine you could probably eat a couple of them. I always like to I actually get the burrito bowl. Okay. And then I get the chips and queso for the side and maybe a milkshake when I get home after that. So, yep. Nice. Very nice. All right. Well, I'm going to let... Tobin, get out of here. He doesn't have a whole lot of summer left, and I'm sure he wants to enjoy it uh, while it lasts. Uh, but thank you so much for stopping by, and uh, can't wait for the football season Appreciate to get started. It. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Brett.
Another big thank you to Tobin Schwanicky for dropping by the Record Eagle Podcast Studios. Could he be a front runner for 2019 Player of the Year? It's possible. Potential front runner. It's possible. Uh, it's know, a year we, from now, so we have we, to have a long. We time talked to about the choice. work he was putting in um, on the AAU circuit this summer for basketball. Uh, you know, his spring season is kind of still focused on basketball and. Uh, you but know, we already have track, proof of a two-sport athlete winning the title. It's true. So, so it is. It is possible. I mean, if he improves upon his junior year in football uh, from a, from last year, he'll at least be off on the right foot because his his season last year was phenomenal. I'm not trying to hype up Tobin as a, as a one-man football team either, but being at that playoff game uh, for the district title at Thurlby last November, uh, pretty sure his legs were a majority of the reason the Trojans moved on to the regional round. Just going to pass that along. So I think he's uh, a big part of the sports scene up here and worthy of that uh, preseason hype. This will be our final retroactive Hall of Fame induction from the spring season. Uh, We've had a couple of episodes where we focus solely on baseball players who maybe didn't get in or softball players. Again, the shortened spring season really kind of hampered our ability to And we are sure these guys have not been inducted. We are sure. We're certain none of these three have gotten in. Um... But so I'm excited to induct them into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. And I'll start off with Kalkaska senior Kyle McDowell. He ran in the 400 and 800. Oh, yes, if I forgot to mention, these three athletes are all track and field athletes. But he was phenomenal in, the, in those two events and uh, finished as a state runner-up in the 400 at the Division Three state finals with a time of 49-1-5. So... You know, his season was great. He won the 800 in the Record Eagle Honor Roll meet, so he's certainly deserving to be included here. Yeah, props to him. The From running track myself, I only ran a couple 800s and ran a couple choke 400s. Those are the two hardest races to do, in my opinion, especially the 400. It's not a sprint, but it is. So that's a really difficult one minute or less to do. So if he was one of the best in the state, then he deserves a spot here. And a junior from Boyne City, Lydia Cotton, her work in the 300 and 100 hurdles earns her a spot in the Hall of Fame. She was a runner-up at the Division Three Finals in the 300. And she also edged our Field Athlete of the Year, Brittany Bowman, by just four hundredths of a second in that same competition. Harrison, I'll let you go with our, our final one. We're going to stick with track and field, obviously. Bowen Bruner, shot put and discus. Racking up 11 victories on the season, five in the shot, six in the disc. Won the regional championships for both, and a personal best for the shot put. 51 feet, 2.25 inches. Brett, you're pretty strong. Could you throw a shot put 51 feet and 2.25 inches? Probably not right now. I've never had any training in the shot put, and I know technique is oh yeah, it's, absolutely it's basically the, the, crucial uh, the launch yeah. in that event. So. <laughs> I mean, if I had to take a stab at it, I'd say I'd be happy to throw it like half that far without knowing what the heck I was doing. I was going to say, I might maybe be able to get a half. I'm scrawny. Also placed fifth in the, the discus at the D1 finals, PR 163 feet, 8 inches. So strong man, that bone burn. Absolutely. And uh, another Jake Atnip story. I think he did the school commitment story on Bruner, who uh, is going to participate in track and field at the college level. That brings us to our final segment of the day. This is probably going to be one of the quickest podcasts we've had in quite some time, but it's been fun having Harrison Beebe here in the studio. It's not really a trifecta since there's only two of us. 
But we can pick three. But we, well, we pick one and agree on the other. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll agree with the one I'm going to lead with. As I said at the top, uh, LeBron James opened his I Promise school today in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. The school centered around third and fourth grade students uh, who come from tough backgrounds, who maybe need a little extra help uh, in the classroom. And, you know, he's just trying to give back to the community Mm -hmm. that raised him and try to give as many kids a better opportunity that he can so that they can succeed later in life. And, you know, I was kind of thinking it's almost crazy to imagine because it'd be difficult to have one without the other, but LeBron's growing legacy off the court, I think if it doesn't already, at some point it may exceed his legacy on it. It may, although a lot of people are still bitter about the whole decision thing, even though you have to remember that he raised tons of money for the Boys and Girls Club of America by televising that decision. So I, that still fires me up to this day. I do love LeBron, but... To it, his it, credit, he has admitted that that was not a good idea. No, no, no. My, my point is I love LeBron, and the people who freak out about him making a big deal out of his decision, his idea or not, he went with it. But the amount of money they raised, who For cares sure. if he kind of looked like a goon on TV? The only one I think you can really pin on him is the whole not three, not four, not five thing. But that was at a pep rally. What are you supposed to say right. when you join up with two other officers? We're going to win maybe one, maybe two, that's it. Like, <laughs> No, of course he's going to hype it up. So, yes, I'm all for LeBron's legacy off the court being a, a, a popular and, and enforced and, and respected item. And that's why we're here talking about it. Yeah, he's, like we said, involved with the Boys and Girls Club. He's got his LeBron James Family Foundation, which gives millions of dollars every year to furthering childhood education. Uh, He's an advocate of the Children's Defense Fund. Um, And I I believe I I read that the I Promise School already has $41 million earmarked for higher education. So the fact that this school only covers kids in third and fourth grade, it's sort of... um, as they move on, if they went through those two grades at the I Promise School and completed what they need, needed to at their time there, that then once they continue their education and finish high school, they're then awarded free tuition through one of the, Ac- I think, Akron University. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I mean, that would make but, sense. Uh, <laughs> right. It, it gives Is these... the school in Akron? Uh, the I Promise School is, yes. Okay. But it, Maybe it, you get any Mac school in Ohio. It, <laughs> so if, if, if these young children complete what they need to in the third and, fourth, third and fourth grade setting of the I Promise School, they are then awarded the opportunity of higher education, uh, post-secondary education, which is pretty uh, incredible. So the whole point of this trifecta was to just sort of look back and think upon who some of the most impactful athletes have been on society away from their sports and as Harrison said, we'll we'll agree on LeBron James. Works for me. Who who do, who do you think kind of stands out? I think there might be a favorite one here for you. I mean, maybe not even a favorite, just maybe a bias because I know a whole lot. Although I do definitely want to give a huge nod to the guy below because I'm pretty sure he was Sports Illustrated Player of the Year because Sportsman of, of the Year, Sportsman yes. of the Year because of basically this category. But uh, John Felix Anthony Cena. Oh dang! He's your dro- time is up. Knowledge. My time is now. Uh, most of you may know him as a 16-time world champion in the WWE, but a lot of you might have heard that he does a lot of great work with the Make a Wish Foundation 
which helps grant wishes to kids who are going through cancer or other illnesses that you know, make their lives kind of difficult. And uh, they, they go through all athletes, actors, whoever that these kids really want to meet. And John Cena is easily the most requested person these kids want to meet. He's granted over 500 wishes in, I want to say, about 10 years or so that he's been doing this project. And I mean, think about that, 510 years, like you're basically doing one, two, three, four a week. I know he constantly brings the guests to Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. to watch the show sit ringside and then come and hang out with him afterwards. So he is, he is all in on this project, and he's completely selfless for a while. He didn't want anybody to know that he had the record. He wanted to keep it quiet. He didn't want that number to be published. And finally, there's like, dude, we're, we're going to publish. Like, this is phenomenal. <laughs> this is like beyond, you know, what anybody is expecting to do in this foundation. And he's blowing the doors off of it. So uh, John Cena, whether he wants to be uh, credited with it or not, is a huge face in, in the sports entertainment industry, not just uh, for being the modern-day Hulk Hogan of the WWE, but uh, also, you know, what he does off outside of the ring with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I mean, Harrison, you know, I'm not a big wrestling guy, which one, is strange because you could probably more than throw a <laughs> shot put. You could be a professional wrestler, but uh, I could be I'm, your manager. But when when these videos inevitably inevitably pop up on my news feed, featuring John Cena and watching these, I mean, I I always take a look at him. I always He's always really them. good at it too. A lot of them are surprises. He'll yeah. just kind of pop out. One video in particular that I really remember is, uh, you know, they kind of set up John Cena. Like, he didn't exactly know or he was lured under false pretenses of what he was going to be doing. And he watched this video of all of these fans. And I'm pretty sure most of them weren't Make-A-Wish. I'm pretty sure they were just random wrestling fans. Regular people, yeah. His character and his, obviously, wrestlers have motivation. Hulk Hogan back in the day was, say your prayers, take your vitamins. Stone Cold Steve Austin, not exactly a, a positive influence on the community, <laughs> but it, these wrestlers, they have a face and a character that motivates these people, and John Cena right now is just what I think a lot of parents would want their kid to grow up to want to be. Right, but so he's sitting there watching all these people thank him, not realizing they're all gathered literally right behind the screen watching his reaction, and he's kind of getting emotional. He's tearing up. Yep. Tearing up, watching it, and then they all, once the once the videos are done, they all come out and meet him face to face and thank him face to face and uh you know i just i thought it was really cool yeah that that no doubt meant a lot to him just as all his his make-a-wish appointments do well there i mean there are a lot of great athletes i had a very short list here i mean muhammad ali the things that he did over the course of his life uh jim brown serena williams but uh another athlete that i wanted to note it to note and it is the one below, right below the uh, John Cena on the list that Harrison brought up uh, for his work and becoming Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year, and that was J.J. Watt. Uh, I mean, I can't remember how many millions of dollars that he raised for the oh, hurricane victims hundreds. of the last year, but, I mean, he's, <clears throat> to, the, he, to he, the annoyance of some, he's always helping people. And, you know, I... I guess I uh, even if his name is on the airwaves a lot, I guess I don't I don't think it gets old. Seeing well, you him, like him because you went to Wisconsin. Well, of course that <laughs> too, and I had the chance to interview him and shake his hand and all is that. Is that his number? Great. No, he was ninety nine. Ah, we have still, a ni- Wisconsin ninety two in the uh, office here. Yeah, but uh, but I just you know. I don't get sick of seeing the stuff that he does, even if others well, That might. campaign was just a viral sensation. How, what, did he say he'd match? Or what, what was the Twitter 
Well, promise. he just he just wanted to raise a hundred thousand dollars total to start. But I swear, like, even if it was at a hundred thousand, I think he said, "If you do that, I'll match something like that." It was some number that you, obviously he's a right. multimillionaire, he, he wasn't, so he, he wasn't going to match it. the final number. He was going to match. Well, I the... think he would have if it was the number he originally first thought. Right, but then this right. blew up to the point where he couldn't match his final number. But single-handedly, I think spearheading a majority of contributions to these people during the. The yeah, the hurricanes in Houston last year. Yeah, and and you know he's done the Make a Wish thing like John Cena. He's given his time to a lot of different causes out there, uh, and I like all of these athletes. I applaud them for that. You know they've on the one hand, it's you know you sort of look at it like well they've reached a certain platform where they should be doing that. But the truth of the matter is not every athlete takes advantage of that platform. And those who do certainly deserve to be recognized well, for it. Well, unlike LeBron, J.J. isn't from Texas. So right. he's just taking this upon himself, being his current city. that He's been at for 10 years now. Um, I think he's an adopted Texan at this point. Oh, he definitely is. But <laughs> LeBron's motivation is obviously to help his hometown and where he grew up. J.J. has no long-term connections to the state of Texas and the city of Houston. But by this process, he's showing that that's just as important to him as his hometown is. Well, that will wrap up episode 44 of the get around podcast we thank you so much for joining in when we record this time next week we might have more people football practice (laughs) will have commenced there might be more than two people here but in any case we thank our audible viewers so much for listening and uh, look forward to bringing you an extremely well-produced fall season once these sports get rolling let's do it 